Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week we are off to the Aloha State as I introduce you to Nicole Lehman, a young Rotarian who's already done a lot of things and um, has some pretty big shoes to fill. That's right, she is third generation Rotarian. Okay, so you know, every single time I ask that question, do you have family members that have ever been in Rotary? Nicole can say yes, a lot of them for years. Pretty cool, right? So join me, won't you? Nicole Lehman joins me this week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. And as usual, thank you so much for joining me. Well, aloha, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It is so wonderful to have you. Well, I told you last week we went international. We went to Poland. This time we're heading back to the United States, but not the continental United States. We are off to Honolulu, Hawaii, to meet Nicole Lemus this week. Hi, Nicole. How are you doing? Good. Aloha from beautiful Hawaii. Uh, well, yeah, I, it's actually pretty nice here, but it's not nearly as nice here in Washington as it is there most of the yep. year. So, From island to island. You're from yep. Woodby Island, right? That is right. Touche. Yes. From one island to another. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's wonderful to meet you and have you. So thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, great. So unfortunately, we have a question that we've started most podcasts with. And, uh, and so I've got to, I've got to ask you during these times of COVID, is everybody in your family happy and healthy and doing well? Yeah, you know, that's such an interesting, that's how we're starting all of our conversations now. Isn't it kind of crappy, but yes, it is. (laughs) But you know what, on the flip side, I actually really like it because it's almost forcing us to check in with one another to really say, how are you doing? Like, you know, it's affecting every area of our life. It's affecting us all professionally, socially. Um, I think for me, I'm such a social butterfly, so to be able to interact even on this podcast and like see your face. It's just it's so nice because yeah. at least Hawaii is having a really hard time. So as of tonight at midnight, they will be locking us down for a stay at home order for the next two weeks. So that was wow. just announced because we are still trying to get it under control. So I think out of all of the States right now, for some reason, Hawaii is having a really hard time containing it. So um, so yeah, it's going to be a recovery and we're still waiting for that to, to kind of make a turn. So thanks for asking and we're still in the thick of it. So we'll see, but I'm just happy to be here and be interacting and talking to people because my little <laughs> social butterfly wings, I've been wanting to fly. Yeah, <laughs> it can be, it, it's, yeah, it, it's crappy. Yeah. And it's, you know, we've been, I've, I, and we have a um, huge, I have a huge garden. That's my therapy. And because I do a lot of farm to tables for charity and one, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to do these farm to tables for charity. So subsequently I have all of this food. Oh. So the only way I've been seeing my rotary friends is saying, I've got green beans. I got lettuce. I got tomatoes and zucchini who wants them. And then they kind of oh. come over 
and we wave at each other Aww. and I give them bags of food and then off they go. That's so great. So, That's so great. Yeah. And you just, you just want to go out and give them a hug. It's like, how yeah. you bit? I know. I know. I know. And being and being in Hawaii, we are all about loving and touching and the aloha spirit. And so we're everyone's what are they saying? Um, no hugs, just shakas. So like hurry up and just do shakas. We're all like shakas. And for and since this is a podcast for everybody, that's the that's the two finger the two finger yeah. salute that you will loose, see the right? hang loose. See the yes. hang loose in California. Yeah, the yeah. shaka in Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. Let's go back to yeah. its origins, shall we? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you ready to start with my questions? Have a little fun? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So what's your earliest recollection of Rotary? And because I'm a little bit of a stalker, I kind of know this question, but let's go ahead already? and answer, let's kind of answer it already. Since uh, what's your earliest recollection of Rotary and what was your first experience with the organization? Okay, so I am really blessed to be a third generation Rotarian. That's why and I stalked you. So I was like... <laughs> generation I, we don't there's not a lot of us i've never met one We're no unicorns. i've never met one before you're a unicorn that's it i'm a unicorn yeah so uh so my actually my first like memory of rotary is every summer my mom's rotary club the rotary club of boise i'm from boise idaho they would wow, have that's a switch yep <laughs> they would have, and we're all originally from California, so we'll talk about that too, mm -hmm. but they would have a big picnic at the zoo every year, okay. and so as a kid, I, I remember being probably the height of like one of those picnic tables, taking out the best stuff. I was like, man, these people know how to throw down a party. I was like, they got all the goods, they got the fresh fruits, <laughs> they got all the cupcakes. <laughs> so that was my first memory of was Rotary, was thinking, man, these people know how to party and they have the good food. This is all the stuff that mom and dad don't bring us home, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, the frosting <laughs> yeah. and the, yes. Yes. So that's what I remember. I remember community. I remember just the warmth of looking forward to those kind of summertime picnics that they did every year. Um, and then as I got older, you know, it's not as, it's not as cool, right. Going to where mom and dad, you know, where they're, right. where they're teaching you. Right. Um, but then, but then the next memory would be all of the exchange students. So we brought, um, exchange students into our home and hosted them. And that's really mm -hmm. where I got the, the, I guess the cultural appetite, um, was through all of our exchange students. So that was probably the secondary memory growing up in, in a rotary household. Were you ever, were you ever an exchange student? So I wasn't an exchange student within the Rotary organization, but my sister was. So she traveled to Ecuador, she traveled to Ecuador when she was 17. And uh, we went and visited her. So we got to meet all the Rotarians in Ecuador. She was in um, a really small coastal town called Machala. And, and yeah, and then later, when I graduated high school, I went with another group, similar kind of mission of humanitarian work, but through music called up with people do you know what up with people oh is? i i know up with people sure okay. yeah 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 so i traveled with them when i was 18 so it wasn't quite a rotary exchange program but it was an exchange program with 100 students traveling the world and doing service work monday through right. friday right. and then singing on the weekends so very similar but um but more on the music aspect i kind of went down that route you went down that route. Ah, yeah, well, as a, yeah. as a recovered record producer, it's it's quite a route oh, to go down. Yes. So, 
<laughs> well, then what made you first want to want to join Rotary? I mean, did your parents just basically go, this is your the third generation, you have to do this, no. or you won't pay for college or? <laughs> no, no. So, so I have always been the black sheep. So I have always if somebody tells me to go right, I go left. Okay, <laughs> always, always in my MO. Um, growing up in Boise, Idaho, my mother, who is the former president of the Rotary Club of Boise, um, she ran RILA, our, our RILA program, right. for about 17 years. And so growing up in that, I saw how involved my sister was. Right. And I was like, I can find my own thing. So I, don't I, up, I don't need that. I don't need that. I need that. Been there, done that, right? right. Like raised in Rotary, raised in Rotary. So when I went by myself to Hawaii, um, I, you know, service is just embedded in me because once you're a part of Rotary, it's really hard to get it out of you. Right. And I looked around at different organizations to join in Hawaii and I ended up at Rotary. And so ah! I ended up, right, can't get rid of them. <laughs> so, it's in your so DNA. I, so it, it, it absolutely is. So I joined Rotary when I was Mm, right out of college. I want to say maybe 23. Yeah, I think I joined Rotary when I was 23 years old. And the Rotary Club that I'm a part of is the Rotary Club of Honolulu Sunset. And so we meet um, right there at the Yacht Club, um, right at the base of Ala Moana. It's beautiful. It's where the night at club sunset is. In yeah, at Sunset in Hawaii. Yes. And so we're the, we're the Pauhana Club. There's only two kind of like happy hour clubs and, and we're one of them. And it's just a perfect it was just the perfect fit. It was the perfect fit for me. We are a happy hour club as well. Yes, that's why we get along. That's we it, are girl. a happy hour club <laughs> as well. And yes. it, we, are, we are very blessed to have literally one of our members is a vintner. So we oh. meet at literally at their winery. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> is, it on, is it on the island? Or is it's it on the island. island, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. You so might have we, us beat. You might have us beat. You oh, I don't know. Beat. A Hawaiian sunset. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. So, usually the next question is, you know, is anybody else in your family – a Rotarian, which, you know, that's, that's one thing that, you know, when I was, like I said, when I was, when I was cyber stalking you and you said you were third generation Rotarian, that really intrigued me because I yeah. am very sad to say that in all of the interviews that I've done, it is maybe 10% of the Rotarians that say, yeah, my dad was in Rotary. My mom was in Rotary. I've got a son in Rotary. Mm -hmm. So Three generations. So, it, mom, dad, who, who are all your Rotarian family? Yeah, so my grandfather, uh, he was in the Rotary Club of Hayward. So, we're all from California. Originally. Okay. So, he was from the Rotary Club of Hayward, and he was an orphan farm boy originally from Iowa. So, he joined Rotary to, I think, just make friends, but also right. be a part of a community. And so, he had a flooring company. And, you know, we love working with Rotarians. I love working with Rotarians and supporting their businesses. And I think it initially started off as him just getting into the community with his, with his business. Right. And then those friends really became his family. And so my mother subsequently was raised in Rotary as well with my grandfather. And then she raised us as well. My mother was in um, San Francisco, though. So she was in the okay. Rotary Club of San Francisco. And when they allowed women in, in the 80s, she was, whatever that year was, 80, I don't know, we can fact check, but in the 80s, <laughs> uh, yeah, she was 
uh, one of the first women that was inducted into the Rotary Club of San Francisco. So we've all been kind of pioneers and we all kind of followed suit. And then my sister became a Rotarian and then I became a Rotarian. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of all, all four of us and we've all kind of gone different ways with it. My mother, obviously as she's retired and gotten older, her priorities have, you know, changed being with my, right. my, um, my nephew, her grandson, right. um, she's working on some health issues. So she is focusing there, but something really special that happened, I think in the last year or two is they made her an honorary member. And the only other nice. people that they make honorary members in Idaho was the governor and the mayor. So it's like the governor, the mayor, and the Nancy Lima. <laughs> well, and not necessarily in that order. She put You're herself right. in that order. That's right. You're That's right. not necessarily saying, you know, yeah, I right. mean, You're right. unless the governor is still an active Rotarian in a, in a group, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, we definitely have a strong female presence and really proud Rotarian. Yeah, on all sides. Wow. So, yeah. so how come? Like, why? Why do you think there isn't more families that just pass? I mean, we we pass down per- political parties. We pass down sure, religious sure. beliefs. We pass down. I mean, this is something that you would think. You know, why? Why not? Why not a civics organization? Is it because it's just you know kind what? of. I- well, you know what? It's, that's a really great question. And I think Rotary International is asking itself that same question, as we know, with, you know, membership plateauing and declining, truthfully, right. right? So when I got into Rotary at age 23, I looked around and I was like, there's nobody like me. There's nobody right. in their early 20s hustling and, and wanting to give back and finding joy in spending your weekends cleaning farms or going to help the senior home or you know, helping a women's shelter that wasn't part of um, the weekly schedule. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to change that. And this will come full circle. So I created the young professionals program because I saw that there was a barrier of entry on the cost to enter these clubs. And I was like, well, that's silly. You know what I mean? Like we need the workhorses and the younger generation, let's say under 45, we're the workhorses. So put us to work. And from there, um, well, tell us, don't, don't, let me put a pin in that. Tell me a little bit more about that program. Is that program still alive and well? It is. So what I did is um, it reduced our dues by 50% for anyone up to 35 years old. Great. So I've been under that program literally since I created it in, at age 24 or something. And I wish more clubs implemented it. But from there, I went on a speaker circuit to all of the clubs in on Oahu at least, um, talking about how do you attract young professionals with with the with the heart of rotary not just for like their their own agenda but it's like who do you really want right. and what i what i found in my research is that and this is just for le- the millennials collectively because i don't really know gen z very well because they're just coming up into the workforce now right but for, for millennials um it's it's an overwhelming amount of individuals in our millennial generation that want to be of service and so what is, what is Rotary? Rotary is service above self. Right. We have an entire generation that is craving service, but they don't know how to get involved because we have these archaic parameters of whatever we have to do, right? Like whether it's the high, high dues or you can't miss X amount of meetings a month. You know, we're, we are 
footloose and fancy. We got places to go, people to see. We have to go to networking events. Maybe we're raising a young family, so we can't right. afford childcare. So we got to take care of our kid because our husband's going to be working that night. I mean, this is all the stuff that maybe we just forgot along the way as we progressed in Rotary. But um, there's some really specific barriers of entry for young professionals and this millennial generation. And so I went on a whole speaker circuit and talked about who are um, who the traditionalists are. And you right. can think in your club, who are your traditionalists? They're the ones oh, who I've are got there. To, yeah, I'll name them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're there. They're there every week. They're there. They wouldn't, they, they wouldn't miss a beat. They sit in the same seat every time. Absolutely. They sit at the same table. They sure. sit with the same friends. They have the yeah. same co cocktail every night, right? Sure. We know who they are. And we would not be Rotary without the traditionalists. Mm -hmm. But then we have the boomers, and those are my right. parents, right? Okay. So the boomers are very different, right? And then you have the um, Gen X. So Gen yep. X is kind of okay. that that kind of like squirrely, a little bit like tainted generation because they're not quite boomers, but they're not quite millennials. And so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I was just gonna say, can you relate? Can you? I relate? can. Yeah. I can. I'm not. I'm not a boomer. I was not. You yeah. know, Vietnam to me was. I was. You know, just a little kid. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it's the first time, if you just look at the workforce, that we have four distinct generations that could possibly still be in the workforce. But if you look at Rotary, it's the same. We have four distinct generations within Rotary, and nobody is talking to each other. We're all speaking different languages. Wow, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, and this is, you know, this is old data, right? It was six years ago that I did this, but it was all about how do we talk to the people about what they want, because the Gen X, want something very different than the millennial. The boomer wants something very different than the traditionalist. And so mm -hmm. how do we honor all generations while still growing the Rotary brand and bringing up this new fresh blood mm -hmm. of the workhorses to say, wow, I'm a proud second generation or I'm a proud third generation or right. wow, I want, my, I want to raise my kids. I want my kid to go to the Rotary picnics. I want right. my kids to remember those zoo days and they have great warm and fuzzy feelings about mm -hmm. this organization that mom and dad are a part of. So there's a whole conversation about that. And it's something that I'm super passionate about because again, I look to my right and I look to my left and there's no one like me. And so because, you know, rotary is intrinsic to who I am. Service is intrinsic to who I am. It's just, it's just part of what you do. It's, it's just part of what you do. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as frustrating. It's not as frustrating as it is disappointing and sad uh, because I because I know how I benefited because you know, I just had my thirtieth birthday this weekend. Happy okay? birthday! Thank We're both so Leos. Mine was on the sixteenth. Oh, I'm a cusp. I'm Virgo, but I have a lot of Leo tendencies. Okay, all right, lion, good to know. All lion. right, <laughs> but but I'm looking back on my twenties and seeing what I did, and Rotary was a distinct part of my personal development, my professional development, my communal development, because moving here um, to Hawaii at age 17, I knew nobody. My, right. next, my next cohort was my college, mm -hmm. Hawaii Pacific University, dove in. But after that, where did I dive next? Rotary. Right. So it, that's, that, is, that is a fundamental part of who I am. And I wish that more 20-somethings could say the same thing because look at our Jennifer Jones. How old is right. she? And and look at where she is and look where she started. Right. right? So, so I have I have a question and, and sorry to interrupt, but it, sure. When you look at Rotary International and this is and and I 
I, I look at Rotary International and I see all shapes, all colors, all ages, and it, it's these wonderful graphics. So yeah. um, I'm the president-elect now, but my board position right now oh, is, yeah. is PI, is, is public image. Yeah. And I get, I get a little frustrated because I go to Rotary International and I have these beautiful graphics and these beautiful yeah. people that want to that help me. And by the time that trickles down, it kind of somehow turns into six-year-old white-haired men. And I, and I don't know where in the trickle down, it's like, I'd like to find out where the trickle down hits so I can do something. I mean, when yeah. I ask people what they think Rotary is, you know, what, what do other people think Rotary is? The first thing they think of is men, men yeah. only, and white men and yeah. older white men. Yes, yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, go, please. <laughs> yeah, so, so kind of um, piggybacking on the conversation of this young millennial um, generation and kind of bringing them up, mm -hmm. um, our zone. So you're in the same zone, right? Mm -hmm. You're Washington. We're all in the mm -hmm. same zone. Mm -hmm. So they had a zone conference specific to young professionals. And I was invited. I was the only young professional out of Hawaii to go meet with all of these, you know, big wigs, uh, for, the, for our zone, I think we're at zone 25. Yes, yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. And they had a whole weekend conference, I think, at UC Davis. Mm -hmm. And so it was all about that. It was literally these older white men and women meeting with these younger, dynamic, diverse individuals from California, you know, I think New Mexico, Arizona, mm -hmm. Nevada, Washington, Hawaii, on, on how do we bring more diversity in? And I think it goes back to the barrier of entry. I really do. I think it goes, because here's the thing. I saw my mother as a, she's in commercial real estate, I'm in residential real estate. So that's just, that's the industry that I grew up in, where she would bring up young women. So I really think it is the responsibility of the current members to say, let's say they work at a bank, right? Mm -hmm. Look at the young hustler moving up in your bank, invite them to lunch, right? Mm -hmm. It goes back to the mentorship because we really are an insular establishment, automatic. We're yeah. an insular establishment, and it was like that for a long time for good reason. But now we're loosening up our, um, loosening up the reins, right? We're opening right. up the borders. Come on in, right. come on in, because right. we need that. We know that that's what's going to sustain this wonderful organization that does great work in every community, neighborhood, and world, right? Right. So I really think it it comes from within. I think we need to press more upon the current members and a lot of them are retired. So if right. you're retired, talk to your daughter. Hey, honey, who's a mover and shaker in your organization? Because right. of course the daughter's like, nah, dad, I don't want to join. I don't want to go there. I don't want to pick up trash with right? you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But go to them and say, Hey, I really respect your company, honey. Who do you recommend? Who do right. you know that Rotary should know? Like what a question, right? Mm -hmm. Who do you know? that Rotary should know, seriously, yeah. and specifically to the club, because we all know that clubs have different personalities. And so don't they though? Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, so, so my club, and you and I share that being a sunset club, right? Mm -hmm. You know, my club is professionals who work hard, and they want to break at the end of the day, they don't have time to have breakfast, we got to hustle and get to work. We don't mm -hmm. have time to take a break, a two hour break from lunch, because we're making lunches happen with our business partners and our, and our clients, right? Right. So it also comes down to knowing your personality of your club 
and who is going to be the right fit. So I think it's really should shine the light back on the club members themselves to then look down the ladder, right? And say, right. who's climbing up? Who's climbing up? That one, let's bring them in. Mm -hmm. I mean, here's a great example of the barrier to entry. And this is not to bash a Rotary Club, but hmm, no, 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 go well, for it. The, the largest Rotary Club in Hawaii, that's who I wanted to be with. It's the most established. It's been around for 100 plus years. Right. I was like, this is where I want to be. I had a couple aunties and uncles in Hawaii, we say Hanai, like adopted, right? I knew nobody here, but they, I knew them through business and they were really kind to me in different areas. So I was like, this is where I want to be. And the membership dues were over a thousand dollars. This is me at age 2021. Yes. Wow. And it was because the meals were included and it's the, it's the nicest hotel in Waikiki. And I remember sitting at lunches multiple times and saying, Hey, here's me. I'm, I'm third generation Nicole. I'll, I'll be your little whippersnapper. I'll raise the flag. I'll run through the streets saying, yes, Rotary, we can do it. Right. And nobody took me seriously. And I literally turned to the woman next to me and I said, if you give me that mic, right, where they say like, hey, anybody have any needs or wants? Right. I said, if you give me that mic, give me 60 seconds, I guarantee I will raise 100 bucks from 10 people out there right now and I will be your workhorse and your brand ambassador, and they did not do it. Wow. So the question is why? Why would you let a unicorn go? Why would you not capture that unicorn? Right, right. right. We already know that I, here's the history that Nicole has. Here's the generational um, sustenance that I, that I hold dearly, right? right I will right. forever, whether I'm a Rotarian or not, right? Whether I pay my dues or not, I will always be a Rotarian. Right. So the question is, is why? Why didn't they? Why didn't they? It's because we're not trained to look down the ladder. Mm. We're so comfortable in being retired or being already established or right. man managing companies, right? Well, we have to remember what it was like starting off. And maybe pe most people started off in their 40s, right? Right. Well, if, if you really want to create generational um, sustainability, right? a sustainable generation and generation of people coming in wanting to be of service, right. you have to skip a couple decades down and look for those people who are saying, but what about me? What about me? You know? Well, I and mean, when you say, when you say move a couple decades down, it was very interesting. We had one of our members that did a, a history of the four way test ah. and, and it was, it was really cool and it was very intriguing and all that kind of stuff. And, but I found myself thinking about, why the gentleman wrote it and he was a business mm -hmm. man and we're and this is I'm, I'm leading into to to miss jones for next year yeah. but when rotary started the women stayed home the men went off to work and the men went off to work and they had these rotary meetings between like seven and eight in the morning so they could promptly open up their businesses at nine o'clock so they mm. can come home to the wife and kids and all that kind of stuff yeah so so I mean, and I'm not here to talk misogyny or sexism. I'm talking about of the time when Rotary started. Yeah. That was the time. That's what you did. And what I do find fascinating is that there are still clubs. I mean, they, they allow women, but they, that kind of mentality is so strong still. And it does, it does shock me sometimes. Yeah. It, what I, what I found is because I grew up around my grandfather and all of these men that we talk about, somehow 
they find me endearing enough to let me bother them. And so they <laughs> let me stick around, meaning I am able to, I don't know, quote unquote, infiltrate right. that, that, you know, the old boys club, as they call yeah, it. Yeah, the, the right. boys club. Right. And so I think as long as there is, you know, it's like a non threatening thing of saying, oh, you can totally come in. And then I now have buy in because, look, I sponsored that girl. Look, mm -hmm. I paid for her dues. Look, I, whatever, right? There mm -hmm. has to be some kind of, I hate to say it, but like grandfatherly like energy of mm -hmm. saying like, I'm really proud every time I see Nicole walk in the door. I'm right. so proud. I, I love hearing how she closed that deal because right. I'm a part of her success. So I think as silly as that sounds, oh, no, there has sounds to be- great there has to be buy-in from that, that group of mostly good old boy men because they're here to stay and we wouldn't be able to function without them. Let's be real. Right. Right. So that's, that's, that's it. So it's the new role. The new role is bringing in women to say, yeah, this is like my granddaughter and I'm so proud of you. And how can I help you? And what doors can I open for you? And I may not be able to be out there cleaning the highways, but I'm going to go ahead and buy snacks for all of you guys. And you guys right. go ahead and do that work. And then I have pride. I have mm -hmm. pride because I'm a part of that in whatever way I can be. So I think the more that we attach to each other, especially skipping the next generation down, right. I think that that's like a mentorship of that. That would be really successful because I see it in my success in Rotary because those are all, those are all like my uncles and grandfathers. Like they're, they're right. part of my family. Yeah. So, so then what about e-clubs? I mean, isn't that, I mean, when you, when you listen to, to a lot of people, they say, oh, well, the youth, they can come in on these e-clubs because they're all such these, they're so hip on the technology, you know. But here's, and, and I agree. <laughs> I think e-clubs. E are e-clubs going to save Rotary? No, they're not. Okay. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So I went to school for cultural anthropology. And cool. so if you, if you I can boil see why down. I right into real estate. Yeah, right? Gotta get human. <laughs> so I know, right? No, but it's true. I use it every day. Mm. Because if we don't understand fundamentally that humans need community, Yes, you can find community online. Hello, we're here on a Zoom call. You're in halfway across the world and I'm right. here. Would we have been able to do that without technology? No, not at all. However, what I am seeing, and I, I go to a lot of um, conferences about real estate and how millennials are buying and how they're consuming information and what they want to do in retail stores, right? Right now, there's a huge shift because these are all the digital nomads. They call them digital nomads. Mm -hmm. And they grew up with a phone in their hand, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, they know only that. Because right. they are so detached, they are now statistically craving more interactive community and stimulation. Yeah, it sounds crazy to think of it like that. But meaning, would I rather log on for a meeting or would I rather go have a cocktail and talk story with my friends at sunset and laugh and tell jokes and have a great meal right. and, 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 and catch up on this person's week. So do I think e-clubs are the answer? Not at all. Do I think they're an option for people who want to be able to give back and be able to fill that philanthropy? Absolutely. But is it the mm -hmm. end all be all? No. And the other thing is, is 
if anything that COVID has taught us is that people need people. Right. So wherever you look, people need people. So I, I know that Jennifer Jones, because I, I know her personally, and I'll talk about how she invited me on her COVID-19. I don't know if you saw that, her COVID-19 I, fundraiser. I, I saw. Congratulations. Yes. yes. Thank you. So, and she gets it. Right. Jennifer Jones gets it. And so with her leading the charges, you know, again, she's going to find a lot of resistance because that's just part of rotary for whatever reason, right? You're steering the Titanic. We don't want it to go down, but we got to go inch by inch by inch, degree right. by degree by degree, right? But with her leadership and then me seeing at least my local leadership here, um, I'm going to be on, on our, what is the, she's the district governor elect, Correct. Sandy Masui. Right. So she's going to be 2021, 2022. So she'll be your year when you're right. president. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So that's Sandy Matsui. She tapped my shoulder maybe two months ago and said, Nicole, I want you to be on my executive leadership team because I want you to have a voice. There you go. And, and I, this was my response because this is the truth, Gwen. I had said, because I was the president of my Rotary Club, right? So I was up on the podium. I was the youngest president in the state of Hawaii, the history, 100 years, the youngest president. And so there were a lot of roadblocks that I found during my year of rotary. However, because I have the stamina of a third generation racehorse of rotary. <laughs> That's right. You got you the whole family behind yeah, you. you. You cannot bring me down. So mm. what I told Sandy is I said, I am so grateful and so honored that you think that my voice is welcome enough at this table on a statewide right. level. Right. I said, but you need to protect me because it's so easy for millennials at least and young professionals to get burnt out because we're like we're giving it all we still have student debt we are renting trying to buy now we're way back with our savings because we had to drain it during covid so we're already a couple steps back now so it's right. we need extra protection we need extra let me push you forward right so um so yes so i think there's a whole shift happening right now where we have to double down on community and we have to double down on young professionals. And I would say, especially young female professionals, because as we know, who rule the world? Girls rule the world. Yes, they do. They do. I'll, I'll back you. Especially <laughs> when it's talking you. to COVID, especially when you're going to COVID. I just want to say that, you know, there was a, yes. there was, you know, when An it article. comes to either COVID and, and, and polio, stick with some of those uh, women uh, run countries because they're yes. doing very well. There was a report, there was an article I just read about how it is proven that women-led countries handled COVID better than any male-led country. I'm like, okay, now can we just get the mic? Can you just hand over the mic? Hand over the mic, please. There you mic go. Mic. There you go. So <laughs> gentlemen who are listening to this podcast, we love you, each and every one of you. But yes. So yeah. I went to um, a training here, and, and my district is 50-50, which is very interesting because 50% of it is in Canada, 50% of it is oh. in the United States. Interesting. And I went to, this wasn't this year, obviously, because of COVID. It was last year. And I was told to, um, this is how we get our, our voices out there. And I actually had a person in front of me, God bless them, that said, are you still active with your local newspaper? And see, this is a podcast, so no one's going <laughs> to see your reaction. But that was probably my reaction, and 
then it was like, well, how many people here have a Facebook page? Because I kind of think of a Facebook page. If you don't have a Facebook page, and I'm so old to tell you that my Facebook page actually has my name. That's what an yeah. my daughter was was into stuff even weirder than I do now. So it's like, a, so, you know, how many, raise your hand if you have a Facebook. And that had quite a few Rotarians. Raise them yeah. if they have a Twitter account. And I left my hand up. Raise yeah. it if you have an Instagram account. And I kept my, and it was amazing that yeah. no yeah. one yeah. else did. You know, and, I, and they were like, well, what else do you have? And I'm like, oh, well, we have a YouTube channel and we have a da-da-da. And these people were just looking at me like I was speaking in tongues. They had no idea what I was talking about. So if it's just money, you know, if that if it's just the dues, is it just the dues that are holding us up from at least some of these clubs moving into the even the twentieth, not even the twenty first century? I mean No, I think is it again, stigma? It goes, is it It goes back to this. We have not been able to we have not been able to connect all of those distinct generations, all of these traditionalists, baby boomers, Gen X, millennial, there is not a cohesion there that I see. So what okay. I found when I was doing that speaker circuit was that we need training, just like everyone needs training, right? And would you say we need training from not, I mean, because when I say training, when I hear training, it reminds mm -hmm. me of when the when people come to my club and they do the visionary training. And it's, no. to me, it's to, the visionary training, and I will speak for myself, is like getting yeah. root canal without Novocaine. And that's I, the whole thing. That's the whole thing. That, that, that education, I would not sign up for that, right? Okay. But bring in a dynamic speaker mm -hmm. that's bringing value on what do we really value here, right? Because, and here's a voice for everyone to be heard, right? You have a different value than this person. You know, there's the whole, all of those, um, um, uh, what's it called? Surveys. They have right. a survey of why people join Rotary mm -hmm. and why people stay in Rotary, okay? Right. The reason they stay is because of friendship. That's the bottom line, right? They join for professional development. They join for... Um, sense of community. They join for, uh, you know, whatever, check off the philanthropy checkbox, right? Right. But they stay for friendship. Come for the so, drink, stay for the band, kind of. Exactly, exactly, right? <laughs> so if you're staying for the band, what tune are we playing? The music my dad listens to is real different than the music that I listen to, right? Right. But how can I learn from my dad and how can my dad learn from me? Because it's mutual. It's well, and I also say, I would say to that, that the tune that's being played up at RI is way different yes. than it gets when it gets to the clubs themselves. Yes. So how do you do that trickle down? You were talking about how I you get that no trickle idea. down. Yeah. So this is it. So you find champions. You find champions amidst each zone, each district, right? Mm -hmm. And you go and you do in Hawaii, I think in Hawaiian, right? You would do a lay, Right where you're threading each flower through each little needle, each flower through each little needle. But I know that I'm no different than upcountry Maui and upcountry Maui club knows they're no different than volcano club and volcano club knows they're no different than Poipu club, right? We're a little bit more distinct because we have all of our islands to chain together. Right. Right. But if I have a sense of community and I have a sense that people care for me and count on me, 
care for me and count on me, then of course I'll show up and I'll be there. Of course I'll go above and beyond. Of course I'll sign up for this. Of mm-hmm. course I'll bring my, my, my colleague to join our club for a drink. Right. Of course, right. of course, of course. So I think just in any organization, just because think of it as a business, you have those champions and you have to be able to talk top down, right? Right. Because we are an extremely vertical organization. We're an extremely vertical organization where the bottom rung knows nothing of the top rung, even though we say, (laughs) even though we say that we do, we don't. And so each community has different needs. Goes back to that anthropological perspective. The needs of Wood, Wood the Island, right? Is that your island? Yep. Is very different than Oahu Island, right? Oh, absolutely. So you have to have that spokesperson to say, what are we doing and how do we do it? And let's at least communicate with club to club to club so that there's some kind of consistency. Because what I see is that these clubs are more silos. They're more silos. We're so disconnected and we don't quite have a, have a common camaraderie for us to feel good moving forward other than like a district conference or something like that, which is once a year. So what I have found is that the success that I saw when I was bringing in young professionals, when I was speaking to all these different clubs, when I created the young professional program, when I became president was that the more I reached out and, and took it upon myself. That's the thing is not a lot of people. I'm, I'm a, I'm a different duck. Like I definitely take the reins and run, you know, not a lot of people are like that. So I think you have to find those champions. Obviously you're one as well. You mm-hmm. said, hey, there's no podcast for Rotary. Are you kidding me? Let me right. do it, right? Right. So it's, we need more individuals like that, that we listen to and that we let them run. Mm-hmm. Run with it, quit. Run with your, your Rotary podcast, Nicole. Right. Run, run with the young professionals. Like We need those runners in every state, in every club, in every dis- district to be able to kind of light a fire because the fire's fizzling. The fire's fizzling. Yeah, well, and I think it would be, I think it would be extraordinarily easy for people. I think people would not understand how easy it is to actually work that close together. I mean, we had, yeah. we had one, we have one general hospital. You bring, you bring up that, the thing about silos. We have one general hospital on this island. This island is only 40 some odd miles down, uh, big. Mm. It's, it's tiny. And when COVID first started, they did not have proper amounts of PPE, and, and like I said, we have a ferry at one end and we have a bridge on the other. So getting stuff to us wasn't easy. Yeah. And there's four rotary clubs on this Island. And I can't tell you when the last time I talked to any of them. So and that blows my mind. Yeah. It blows my, it blows my mind. And then we all got the presidents on literally a zoom call and said, can we come up? We have a connection that can get this PPE to us. We just need this amount of money. And literally within about 20 minutes we had the PPE ordered here was the money to pay for it every just went and it was delivered to the hospital like a week later and I kind of found myself afterwards being very proud and then being rather sad that it was just like how come we don't have a picnic how come we don't have a baseball game how come we don't you know how come we don't do these things? And I think your analogy of saying a silo is a, is a fascinating word that it's just like, we're this, this is our sphere and this is where we stay. And then we want to know how come we don't get more people. Yeah, absolutely. It's fascinating. So yeah, that, that blows my mind. Four clubs 
So, so for example, when I was president elect and I went to pets, because are they going to have pets this year for you? It's online. Yeah. It's going to be, oh, man, it's going to be virtual. Yeah. So when we had pets, I'm thinking, and again, we're dynamic with all the different islands. Right. I literally made, I made a Facebook page. I know that the majority of my classmates would be on Facebook right. for all of the president elect for our class. And in my mind, as a millennial, I was like, how does this not exist for every single year? Yeah. Because I want to keep in contact because here I'm at age 26, you know, maybe in 10 years, my auntie got promoted to be the VP right. of this bank and I want to be in banking now or whatever, right? It's like, right. Or whatever or it is. Just keep be. in it's contact, like, right? Yeah, all of, all of the above, whatever it is, family, right. friends, professional, community. And I was shocked that nobody, nobody initiated that, but then it's not just enough to initiate, you have to maintain it. Mm -hmm. And so I think also, I think because honestly, our clubs are getting smaller and smaller and our membership is slipping and slipping. We are requiring more and more of our members. And I mean, I don't know if it's like, okay, who wants to volunteer? It's like crickets, crickets. It's like, oh, please come well, on. Yeah, come on. it's a, it's a twenty, it's a twenty eighty thing in most clubs. Twenty percent of the people do okay. percent of the work, right? Yes, but there's opportunity there. So whenever I see numbers and stats skewed, there's opportunity. So when was the last time we asked the eighty percent? How do you want to be involved in Rotary? How do you want to be involved in Rotary? Right. Maybe you just want to come and. Tell the joke every, every week, right? Maybe you're the joke guy. You tell the joke. Or maybe you are, you know, you work for a winery and all you want to do is be the wine guy. Whether it's, you know, you recommend a nice wine every month just to do a newsletter. And Club Samoyer. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it's like, when was the last time we asked the 80% mm -hmm. how they wanted to be involved in Rotary? And there is no, like, big or small, there's no, you can... I'll take anything. I'll take anything big or small, however you want to contribute, because as long as you're contributing something, you're going to stay involved. And all we want is for you to stay involved because there's a greater mission here and we have so much work to do and what a great organization. And whenever I go to our district conferences, I sob, I sob and I get chicken skin and I get goosebumps and I remember why I'm a Rotarian yeah. and I don't want to be pent up for 11 months before I feel that feeling again. I want to feel it every month. I right. want to feel it every week, right? So if you just go down to the emotional body of why we do what we do, we do. right? that's it. That's mm -hmm. it. Because our lives are getting busier and busier. We're mm -hmm. inundated with information. We're getting pulled from all these sides, mm -hmm. but we all want to give back and we all right. want to be a part of community. And so maybe I have an attachment to animals right today's national dog day happy national there you dog go day. i have i have i have a corgi right behind me as we speak and i have two wiener dogs sleeping next to me there you go oh, <laughs> yeah under the desk right there i love it <laughs> so maybe my passion is pet and mm -hmm. so however i can be involved right that's what i want to do that's my purpose who's nicole nicole's the pet girl right right it's like man you really have to just almost isolate it that way and mm -hmm. not make people feel bad because they're not giving back enough. They always talk about time, treasure, talent. Right. I always talk about that in, in my presentations is who has the time, right? Traditionalists do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who has the talent? 
I mean, we all have talents, but right. But a lot, a lot of the talent is maybe new talent. New, yeah, or new, new idea talent. Okay. Yes, coming in. That's us. That's millennials mm-hmm. and Gen X, right? Right. And then, and then the treasure. It's typically going to be our boomers, right? Because they're established, mm-hmm. and it's going to be our traditionalists. So it's like we all have something to bring to the table, and we all need each other. None is less or more without without talent. You got nothing without treasure. Right. You got nothing, right? right? Without time, you got nothing. So it's like all three you know, whatever, the little triangle needs to work together in order for it to move forward and be, be sustainable. And I think that's what the real question is, is how do we sustain rotary? Everyone loves rotary. The people who are involved in it, they love it. They want to be a right. part of it. They're proud of it. You right. know, Paul, Paul Harris, look at my batch, white right. hat, look at my white hat, right. you know, whatever it is, we all are proud to give back to our communities at a larger scale than we could ever by ourselves. So how do we keep that communal impact and make sure that we really care for our club members? Mm-hmm. They want to keep re-upping every year or they want to keep re-upping, you know, semi-annually for the dues, right? It's right. really, I think people are really, especially after COVID, people are assessing every area of their life. Yep. And so how do we make sure that Rotary stays on top? So, and I think, I think, one thing that it's going to do is it's going to have to change. And I think we had two big changes this year. We have our wonderful international president right now from Germany, but uh, next year we have our very first woman took to 2021 to do it. But I guess the rotary glass ceiling has officially been broken. Uh, what, what is your opinion about our first madam president? And you said well, you know her, so I guess this is kind of a, a, you know, it's like, well, you know her, so it's like, well, okay. Well, here, way, so, ever come on the podcast, please let her know. I'd be happy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I, I worship the ground that Jennifer Jones walks on. Okay. I, the unsolicited testimonial right there. <laughs> yes. I have had the pleasure of meeting her maybe two or three times, mm-hmm. um, when she came out for a district conference or something for, for Hawaii. So I've met her in Hawaii two or three times. But then most recently, when we first had our, the, the major shutdown with COVID in March, mm-hmm. she reached out to me, I want to say in end of April. And the fact that she reached out to me was, I thought, I honestly thought that she got hijacked on Facebook. You know how people she got, like, she got hacked. Yeah. Yeah. She got hacked. It's okay. I, thought, I get accused of that. I get accused of that when I get in touch with people on Facebook about the podcast. It's like, yes. no, seriously, I'm, I'm not asking to give you money. I'm a prince from yes. somewhere. No, it's not that. Yes, 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 yes. So, so at first I thought, I'm going to be honest. I thought she was hacked. And so she's like, <laughs> Hey, Nicole. And I'm like, I met you, but I don't really know you. She mm-hmm. goes, um, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something. Can you, can we have time to talk on a Zoom call? And I was like, sure, no problem. Just go ahead and talk to my, talk to my people, right? Yeah, right. Have your girl call my guy. Yeah. There have you your go. girl call my guy. Yeah. So, so she did and we booked it. And when she called, I was like in my like jammy set and I'm like, oh my God, it's really real. Like it was literally up until the moment she called me, I did not <laughs> think it was real. <laughs> so I'm like rushing to put on like something appropriate, like in these zoom meetings, right? Like where you have pants on or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> yes. So I put something appropriate on and I answer it. And basically she is there on FaceTime or on zoom in Canada. And she goes, Nicole, we're putting on this, um, this telephone for COVID-19 right. to raise our goal of a million dollars. And 
I saw your video. And so for me here locally, I'm known as the singing agent because I sing and sell real estate. And at the video she was talking about, I sang Amazing Grace and it was in an empty parking lot. My only audience were two cars and a dumpster. Hey, and, hey I've had worse hey. audiences. I'm just letting right? you know. <laughs> and, and I just sang because the acoustics were great. I think mm -hmm. I was just frustrated with, COVID and life being uncertain and all the shifting energy and I just needed to sing. And I sang and I recorded it and I posted it and she goes, I saw your video and it just gave me chicken skin and I would like to invite you to sing on our telethon and would you be interested? Yeah. And, I'm, she, and she goes, and I'm, I've reached out to two or three other like professional musicians throughout the world. Right. And, I'm like, and you picked me? You know, she had, I don't know if you saw the, the, the tele, telethon, but there was somebody from Ireland, I think somebody from Canada, mm -hmm. me from Hawaii, and then somebody from Korea. So it was like a very select few um, musicians to right. share, you know, sh share some music during a mm -hmm. difficult time. And so because I was so honored that she tapped my shoulder to do this again, I'm not a professional singer. I mean, yeah, I, I sang in college and I sang in other people and we talked about, <laughs> there you but go. that's not what I do day to day. I sell real estate, right? So, and this is when the world is shut down. So I thought, you know what, for Jennifer, the fact that she trusted me to do this mm -hmm. and because our, our, our Rotary International conference was canceled in Hawaii, which we are so still devastated about. Yeah. I was like, let me bring Hawaii to the world. And so I made a music video for Jennifer Jones specifically to say, here's an extra little gift because we can't host you here, but here's the beaches and the mountains. And I stuck yeah. around with a video guy to make sure that we could really represent Hawaii and gift that. And if it were anyone else but Jennifer Jones, I would not have jumped and leaped and gone through the hoops that right. I did. But I knew that number one, she could fundamentally, people want to be seen and right? heard right. and understood. And, and I would add to that appreciated. And appreciated. Yeah, that's yeah. a great one. So, mm -hmm. and, and I felt all of those as this like little 29 year old girl in Hawaii, right? Just doing mm -hmm. my thing. I felt all of those things. And then look what I produced. And for that, I mean, there were, there were many, there's a, a whole story of what we did behind the scenes right. with, um, with, yeah, you were with radio. So with, um, what's it called? Trademarking or copywriting or right? releasing the, the music. What's that called? To trademark it or, yeah, copyright. Copyright, right? Yeah. The, song, the, the first music video, we found out after we did it that we couldn't use it because of copyright. Absolutely. And so, but we don't know that because we don't do these musical marathons. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it all over again, and I tapped the shoulder of some writers with Up With People, mm -hmm. and they gifted me that song for free to be able to use to uplift the world, okay? That's and awesome. It was so awesome, but again, if one round wasn't enough, we did it a second round, and for that, Jennifer put my song and my video as the grand finale, and again, she did not have to do that. I mean, she comes from production. I mean, she's, she knows what she's doing. The fact that she trusted me and gave me the opportunity, that's it. You want young, right. young people to be indebted to you forever and whatever your cause is? Give us an opportunity and let us arrive. Let wow. us rise up. Let us arrive. I will, for, and that's why for me, I love the quote of 
success is making those who believe in you look brilliant. And so the fact hey. that Jennifer. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know. Write that one down. I know. Because Mr. Chickenson, I, I have that like embedded in me is that's why I do what I do is because I too want to be able to do that. Again, mine are mostly within people in their 20s and their teens. Right. When people do it for me, it just, it gives it just gives more gas to my fire baby that's it Ah. more gas to my fire awesome more gas to my fire more gas to my fire baby now is that the way to end a podcast or what so nicole the future of rotary if you are not excited then i don't know what is wrong with you ladies and gentlemen this is rotary's future And I, for one, I'm excited. And Nicole, it was a pure joy, joy to meet you. And I look forward to find out where you're headed. And I bet you the words Rotary International could be somewhere in that future. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Usual bit of business. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend. Have them go and download and rate and subscribe and all that good stuff. The more people that subscribe to this wonderful podcast, the more people we touch with the future of Rotary. And of course, if you know a Rotarian that I should know about, let me know, won't you? I'm easy to get a hold of. It's RotarianPod at gmail.com. Well then, until next week, wear a mask, take care of yourself and the world around you, and we will hear you next week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Take care, everybody.